text uh, 33. So first canto, fourth chapter, text 33. Yeah, let's finish this up. Pratyutthayagatam Muni Pujayam Asa Vidhivan Naradam Sura Pujitam Tam Ajagya Sahasya Tam Abhigarya Sahasya Pratyutthayagataham Yunahi Pratyutthagayatham Munihi Pujayamasa Viva Pujayamasa Vidhivan Naradam Sura Pujitam Hayagatam Munihi Pujayamasa Vidhivan Naradam Sura Pujitam Pujayama Savi Vidwan Pujayama Savi Vidwan Naradam Sarabuchitam Naradam Sarabuchitam Amadi Gaya Sasa Amadi Same respect, with the same respect as offered to Vidhi, as offered to Vidhi. Brahma, Brahma. Naradam, Naradam to Narad, Sura Pujita, worshipped by the demigods. Translation At the auspicious arrival of Sri Narada, Sri Vyasadeva got up respectfully and worshipped him giving him veneration equal to that given to Brahmaji, the creator. So I can say and you can repeat. At that auspicious at the auspicious arrival of Sri Narada. Sri Vyasadeva got up to respectfully. And worshipped him. Giving him veneration. Equal to that given to Brahmaji. 
equal to that given to Brahmaji, the creator, purport. Then he means Brahma, the first created living being. He is the original student as well as professor of the Vedas. He, is, he learned it from Sri Krishna and taught Narada first. So Narada is the second Acharya in the line of spiritual disciplic succession. He is the representative of Brahma, and therefore he is, a, he is respected exactly like Brahma, the father of all Vidhis, regulations. Similarly, all other successful disciples excuse me, all other successive disciples in the chain are also equally respected as representatives of the original spiritual master. Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasati Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Once again the verse At the auspicious arrival of Sri Narada Sri Vyasadeva got up respectfully and worshipped him giving him veneration equal to that of equal to that given to Brahmaji, the, the creator. So Srila um, uh, Vyasadeva uh, is greeting the arrival of his spiritual master. It's pointed out here that he's giving him the, the veneration, the respect that he would give uh, uh, Brahmaji, the creator, you see. So uh, I was just thinking, uh, I think it was this morning I was thinking how sometimes we meet people when we're preaching and they don't like all this bowing that we do. You know, have you ever seen anybody like that? They say, I don't bow down to nobody, boy. <coughs> Get me to lay on the ground for nobody. You see, so people ask me, why is all this bowing? You know, I've been going to church all my life and I bow down to people. You know, you guys are bowing down to everybody. Walk in the temple and you bow down, and you go where you bow down and lay on the floor. I mean, what is this? Um, you know, to those with an ego the size of Texas or maybe even North America, I'd say that looks pretty weird. You know, get up off the floor, boy, get yourself dirty. You're making a fool out of yourself. What would your mama say if she saw you doing that? <laughs> You know, so they don't understand. Uh, they, someone who who would wonder that cannot understand offering proper respect. So uh, we are offering respect to one another, but we're also when we bow to the spiritual master, we're bowing to Krishna. We're bowing to the whole disciplic succession. You know, there's a succession. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, all the way back to Lord Krishna of spiritual masters who have handed down, <coughs> carefully handed down and passed this message down one after the other. So they're all respected as Lord Krishna. You see, he says here as Brahmaji, but Brahmaji is respected as Lord Krishna. You see, he's not the beginner of this. So uh, all, of, all of us, all of us, hard for me to say us, all of you anyway, are deputized to uh, become part, an extension of this disciplic succession, you see. We're part of it. You're deputized. You're authorized. So you so also are worthy of respect, you see. The same respect that we offer Brahmaji. You do, the, the devotee of the Lord uh, who is trying to spread this movement and further the cause, who's part of this disciplic succession, is, is just that. He's an extension of the disciplic succession, and we owe him all respect, uh, him or her, to hers too. You see, not just to him. 
<clears throat> so uh, it, it's easy for us to see why we respect one another and the spiritual master and certain devotees uh, but it's very difficult for the uh, contaminated living entity you see what's the contamination feeling what is the contamination you're talking about the biggest contamination they have is false ego you see I am um, I am something other than an eternal servant of God you see uh, I mean, we've we've uh, we've talked about that over the, the past few days. I've I've had many people, as I've said, uh, tell me, "Well, I am a, I think I'm a, a, a devotee of God as well." Of course, I don't go to church every day like you guys, but I don't have to go to church every day like you guys. I don't bow down every day like you guys, and I don't offer my food. I mean, I don't cook my food without tasting it like you guys. That doesn't make me less than other if I, if I throw in a little bit of salt when I'm stirring it, I'll taste it. You know, and I'll take the, the spoon out of my mouth and I'll put it right back in the pot and stir it. You know, I'm not like you guys. And uh, I don't go to see uh, God at the temple every day. I don't even believe he's at the temple. You see, you've got these little figures of yours. And, you know, I don't have to sing and dance every day. You see what they're cutting out? They're taking what we do and they're slicing off little pieces one of the, you know, and trying to, to uh, make themselves and, and perhaps us feel like, well, I'm just as much of a devotee as you are. Although I'm just crazy about my sports, my football and baseball. I'm just crazy about my golf game and I, I do all these things. And yeah, perhaps it might be better not to uh, kill the animals. You know, uh, perhaps this and perhaps that. But I'm just as good a devotee. Do you hear what? Do you hear how silly this sounds? This has got to be somebody who's tangled up in false ego. You see. So uh, I mean, it's just you know, I'm not being uh, uh, a fanatic Hare Krishna here. I'm just comparing. How can you walk up and say, you know, it's just like, uh, well, I'm just as good a devotee as Sri Prabhupada. Or I'm just as good a devotee as Mother Teresa, you know, some some Catholic or Christian person said, Well, I'm just as good as she is. I mean I didn't do all the work that she did. You know, I didn't do uh, the outreach that she did. But I'm, I'm I'm just as good, you know, you see. So in other words, I want to be. I want you to see me on the same level as others. So um, uh, even though I don't perform you know, I can talk a really good story, but I'm not really laying as much on the table as, as everybody else. But I demand respect. I don't command respect, but I demand respect as much as anybody else. So, uh, I, I say all this to illustrate how we, the devotees, shouldn't behave that way. You know, we shouldn't say, well, you know, uh, I do this and I do that, so I'm, I, I demand as much respect as anybody else. See, the devotee doesn't. We're just the opposite. We feel like uh, each of us feels like everyone here really commands respect. So much uh, nice management is going on. So much is happening. I see enough of Prabhu every time I go. I see him doing something. I think sometimes we've got like five of them. You know, it's like one in every corner and one in every in the middle of the property. <laughs> So he's, he's doing something. So that's, uh, you know. Uh, so I mean, there there are so many people here. These guys are going out in the hot sun, distributing books. You know, that's no small thing in Arizona. You're going out, and so much is going on. You know, the restaurant is cranking every day. There's, I mean, it's it's just incredible the amount of uh, service that really has been done here per capita, per person. Per person here, we don't really have a lot of dead wood. You know? So we have people that are, uh, are doing, you know. In a, in, a, in a scenario like that, it's very, it, it looks like a sore thumb when someone's not performing, you know, because everyone is. So it's like very noticeable. But anyway, uh, so we should all 
have the respect for one another without demanding any respect for ourselves. Whatever respect that we're due will come to us. You see, if I'm starting to think that I'm not going to get proper respect, who am I not having faith in? You? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Krishna? The Supreme Controller? If I'm his devotee and I'm surrendered to him and I'm taken care of by him, I'm going to get the due respect or disrespect that I'm due. You see? Now, I may be able to get away and fool people for a while, but I won't be able to fool people forever, so I'll get what's coming to me. You see? And if I'm, uh, if I am doing some service, then and people aren't respecting, then Krishna will rectify the situation. And as really, we don't care. We don't care about the respect that's shown to us. We do care, however, about the respect shown to others. The other, our, our brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews. We are very concerned about that, you see. <coughs> Not just by the outside world, by one another as well. You know, so it's a training process that we have here of trying to teach people to uh, uh, how to um, be a part of this sampradaya. See, what is this? What does it mean? See, it's not like, uh, and, and it takes us a while to realize this. Sometimes we're not just members of a church. You know, we're not just members of a community. We're actually part of a uh, an operation started by Lord Chaitanya. <coughs> 550 years ago. We're part of Lord Chaitanya's movement, you see. Uh, we're involved, and we've talked about this before. We're involved in a war. We're like soldiers. We're involved in a war against Maya. You know, Srila Prabhupada talked like that. Srila Prabhupada behaved very much like uh, a general. You know, he was, he was always pushing, and he was always uh, wanting to make progress in this war against Maya, you see. So he saw it as that, not just as a casual thing that we do. I noticed that many people, and again, I'm not trying to put people down, I'm trying to observe. Many, many, the vast percentage, the vast majority of uh, those other than the Vaishnavas feel like I did my due by going to church on Sunday. Some of them will say, look, I went on Sunday morning, you know, then I went to the church luncheon, then I went back in that, that evening, and I went to Wednesday night choir practice. And we even have a life group that meets on Monday. What more do you expect from me? Now the rest of the week, I can be John Q. Public American, you see. I can, do, I can go do my soccer, baseball, football, and you know, whatever. Because, and I don't really have to think that much about uh, this religious process because, boy, look at what I'm giving, you see. So, uh, that's, that's the nature. Again, <clears throat> I'm not putting them down. I'm thankful for what they're doing and respect them for what they're doing. I'm just drawing a comparison from somebody who, first thing in the morning, wait a minute, before first thing in the morning. You know, we're here at five o'clock. That's before people's first thing in the morning. Most people don't get up until long after, you know, until about the time we start our job up. You know, a lot of people are getting up. Many people aren't, you see. So we start a day every day, every day, you see. We're, we go to church every day. We live in the church. Uh, <coughs> We're always looking how to expand the church and how our, our, our every moment is uh, trying to get more, more and more people to come and we're so excited, of course they are too, but not on the level that we are. Srila um, Prabhupada was very disappointed when he traveled through America. He would sometimes see some building, some beautiful church, absolutely gorgeous piece of architecture. And Prabhupada would say, stop, he would look at it. And he would say, such a beautiful building, and it's closed. You know, sometimes he would say, can we go in and see? No, probably it's closed. Closed. Closed? No, they're closed. How is it closed? It's just 
Play closer. <laughs> and you know, it was just like it, it just didn't register. He's like, you know, for repair, no, they, they close it every day, except for Sunday and maybe once in a while. I couldn't believe it. This is to have such a facility and you lock it up and leave it? That's just, you know, it's insane. What does it tell you? No interest. Well, they have some. Little interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, they would find me too. Much as you. Come on. That's false ego. No. Well, I, you know, if they had it open every day, I'd go at 5 o'clock and sing hymns and offer some incense. So, yes. Well, basically, they don't put God first, they put themselves first. Yeah, and they're following what they consider to be. Um, um, I'm, I'm off the hook. You know, I went to church. I'm off the hook. So, yeah, God is there. Let me throw him a few prayers. <clears throat> throw him a little bit of worship once, twice, three times, four times a week. <clears throat> you know, and that's it. Now I've done my due. Now he's happy. You see? We see some devotees who think like that. <coughs> well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. You know, I'm, I'm doing service. I'm going, I'm doing this, you know, I'm whatever, you know. So I'm doing enough. I'm doing my part. It's the same mentality. It's exactly the same mentality. When I'm like, you know, I've got my service and uh, so I'm doing what I think is my due. So you don't approach me to get me to do anything else. Go to somebody else. You know, let's get a, let's get a little uh, time count, some way to account for time. And, you know, I'm giving X number of hours. He's giving X minus. So instead of asking me to do it, why don't you go over there and ask him to do it? Because he's not, you know, he's doing three hours a week less than, than I'm doing. So you see what I mean? The devotees don't think like that. Huh? The devotees really want service. You know, when we're chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. You know, we're sitting there chanting, begging, Oh my Lord, please give me the boon of devotional service to your lotus feet. And someone comes and tap, taps you on the shoulder. Prabhu, can you help us with a cut up? Well, hey, look, can't you see I'm sitting here praying for service? Get, leave me alone. You see? It's not very community-minded. You see, the devotee, uh, when one finds himself part of a community uh, in, in ISKCON, we take on uh, more and more service. You know, we don't want, we don't want to be foolish. We want, don't want to have so much service that we can't read properly and we can't chant our rounds and get proper rest. That's, that's necessary. But the devotee's concerned. He's concerned. Is there more that I can do? You see, it's best for a devotee to own a part of, of the community, meaning whatever your service is, to own it. I've said this before. Belong, take it and make it yours. You see, don't be like somebody who, who, who shows up and does it. But if, you're, if you don't feel like it, you just don't show up and somebody else has to do it. Take responsibility like a transcendental businessman. You own it. It's yours. You see, and you want to, you always want to expand it. This is working out of love. You see, it's possible that we can become maxed out. We can say, okay, you know, I really, truly, for now, can't do anymore. You know, because I'm just, I'm, I am, I'm, my, my plate is full. You see, so that is possible. Um, for most of us, it's probably not totally likely that it's going to happen. Maybe we, maybe it is, but that we just can't take on any more service, you see. But the devotee wants to push that. He wants to get to that point and push it, you see. Try to, try to max out, you see. Because we're doing this not for some gain or just because I'm doing my due, you know, I'm, I'm putting in my time. We're doing it out of love. We're doing it out of love for Guru and Krishna. And if we're not in the beginning, it will come. You see, it will, it will come. It will be a, uh, you'll be devoted to it. You see.
see. You become part of uh, the program, part of the community. I mean, uh, by, by that I, I don't mean someone who, who has the same address, but part of it, you see. It's just like, um, even Bach to Michael, I was, uh, it was nice, I came back, uh, I was out yesterday looking at uh, some uh, various properties and uh, I came back and there was this young boy, Matthew, who had, uh, I think, had met up with Jai Keshef at uh, the University of uh, Arizona. And he wanted to come and see this place. You know, he had found out about this place, so he wanted to come and see it. So here's Michael uh, standing out in the hot sun. And it was like a hundred and, I don't know, five. I'm trying not to pay any attention to what those what the numbers say. <laughs> if I don't see the numbers, I don't know how hot it is. <laughs> so, but anyway, way hot. The heat of the the heat of the day, you know, really the, around three or four o'clock, something like that. And so here he is standing out in the hot sun talking to this this young boy, and uh, uh, he asked me if I would come over and talk with him. And so I said, yeah. Uh, we stood there and talked, and I said, you know, maybe we should all, let's move into that shade over there. You know? So we moved into the shade, and we talked, and then Bhakta Aaron came up. And uh, so I, I could see it was, there was an interest, you know, in, uh, you know, Bhakta Michael could have said, well, I'm not the guy you talk to. You know, I, I just do my stuff here. I'm not the person. There, there's a, but he was there exchanging uh, Conversation, telling them about our philosophy to his extent, you see, and then trying to get others to come over. He could have easily said, "Well, there's really nothing going on right now. The deities are asleep. You know, the temple's pretty much closed, and you know, he picked a bad time. Why don't you? Can you come back Tuesday? <laughs> you know, or tomorrow? Maybe come a little earlier or a little later. But this is not a good time because he's busy, out in the hot sun." And he was, he was right in the middle of a chore, you see. So I appreciated that. I thought, wow, that's very nice. This is, this is good attitude. You know, stop what I'm doing at a time when really, I'd rather not. I'd rather go on and maybe get inside where the air conditioning is. Standing there talking to this young boy. So anyway, the boy said he's gonna come back on, uh, he, he's not free until Tuesday morning. So he's gonna come back and visit us on Tuesday morning. So, um, uh, by the way, it seems like we're getting a lot of new folks here. Are you noticing that? Well, you had uh, Dr. Paul, how many did you say that came as a result of your contact book distribution? 10. 10, yeah, 10, 10 came Sunday. So 10 of the people here Sunday were from your efforts. Six five years old. Six Gita soul. Six Gita soul and ten souls coming to drink the holy name. Sweet. That, that's a lot, isn't it? I mean, for a community this size especially, that is a lot. That's huge. So, uh, we need to keep this going. We need to keep getting as many people here as possible. You see. Not only that, once we get people here, uh, we need a process on how to deal with, with folks. And we were talking about that. Uh, who was I speaking with? Maybe you and I were having this conversation. You know, it's like uh, there are many temples in North America, uh, well, all over the world, that you can go to first time. You can walk in, go to the whole program, and walk right out, and no one ever says, hey, yo. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes they ask, is anybody here for the first time, you may identify yourself. But if they don't do that, then you can get in and get out. Nobody says this. Is this your first time? You know, we should be, we shouldn't be the people who just go and put in our time. You know, all right, I got to do my due. It's Sunday, I got to go to Sunday feast. No, no, we go to the Sunday feast and we participate. Meaning, if you see somebody that's new, you could ask them, is this your first time? You know, if they say, yeah, give them special attention. You know, give them, what do you mean, what, what do you mean by special attention? If you can, get them to go back to Godhead right now. 
Now, if you can't, then get them to go back to Godhead at the end of this life, or perhaps get them to take a book, uh, get them to come back, tell them other programs. You know, tomorrow night we're going to have a, a class, and Wednesday night we have a class, and we have yoga on Tuesday, and, just in, and I know many of you do this, but let's let's be looking for the, for the new people who come here. You see, I didn't, uh, I wasn't doing my job, and I didn't even notice the ten. Of course, I don't know when somebody's new or not, but I'm going to try to get that way to, to where I, I know the regulars and try to try to recognize a new person. And I don't think I, Sunday, I don't think I asked. I don't think I asked if there's anybody here for the first time today. No. You know, so, you know, it's asleep at the switch. You know. So, uh, but, you know, let's get to the point where when we get somebody, let's have, let's have a process. We need to invite them back, become their friend, <coughs> exchange emails and uh, phone numbers so that we can text each other, and Facebook and whatever. See what I mean? Let's let's get to know one another, become their friends, make them immediately. Let's treat them as if, as if they're part of the family. You see? Immediately, they may walk away and say, "Well, I don't want to be part of that family." But let's at least you know, try to extend that. You know, give them the opportunity to be a part of what we're doing here to become involved. So uh, it's a. Uh, consciousness that we develop that we're always looking for people I know a lot of times I meet people uh, when I'm out various parts of the country incognito you know I'm not, I'm not dressed as a devotee <clears throat> and a lot of times I'll, I'll say I'll meet some guy somewhere and uh, with, with the slightest bit of conversation I like to talk to people with just the slightest bit of conversation he's invited me to his church I think, well, this is so first class. You know, I mean, without hardly getting on the subject of, of where do you go to church or religion or God or anything, it's just like, you know, I'm a member of the First Baptist Church or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, you seem like a nice person. I'd just like to extend my invitation to you. No, hardly didn't twist arms. Or, just want to extend my invitation. You look like the kind of person that we'd like to have, you know. Of course, we want everybody. But, so, oh, sure. You know, sometimes they have a card that they give you, you know. And I walk away thinking, well, that's first class. We need to do that. You see, we need to do more of that. So, uh, those cards that you got me, I've been handing them out and handing them out to, to different people, you know, wherever I can. Tell them, come see us. You know, let's let's get to know each other. So, why would anybody want to get to know you, though, if you're just not, you know, not very interested in what you're doing? If you, if, if you know, if I'm just another, if, if I'm just another person that comes to the temple just to check it out, but it so happens I'm dressed like a devotee, <laughs> and I'm just here doing my due. Well, I'm supposed to do this, you know. But you see. Someone may not think, well, that guy over there looks like he's the, the, the person that I want to get to know. This guy here seems like he's really energetic and he's part of the action, you know. So he seems like somebody I, I'd want to, to get to know, you see. So uh, we all have to go for that extra effort in, in, in whatever service that we do, you see. What do they call that uh, in, in sports? Go the extra mile. They do that, in, they say that in business too. So the, the training is there in, in the material world on how to be. We can take the training that they give each other in the material world on sports, business, all the disciplines in business, and apply that to your spiritual life. We were talking about Stephen Covey's work. You know, and for a long time, uh, many leaders in ISKCON, they probably still do. We used some of his uh, methods, you know, uh, which were just very, very, very good on how to manage your time and how to deal with people. One thing that Stephen Covey said, uh, and I used to have to teach that course, uh, but I remember, and I like this part of it, he said that, uh, 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 and we had, 
we had this uh, recording of him speaking, and everybody had the book. We were training all the salespeople to, to take this up. So we listened to him speak. So uh, he, he said that one thing that we have to do is that we have to figure out who we are. That sounds familiar. We, had fun. we need to establish what our principles are. Well, the Guru's given us our principles. There's four of them. And he said, once you've established what your principles are, you can never, ever break those principles. You only break yourself against them, like a ship hitting the rock. So once you find out what you, who, what and who you are, and what your principles are, and what you stand for, what you're all about, you can never break them. You only break yourself. And I thought, well, man, that's just, this is first class, you know. Did you have a question? Yeah, that? just on that train of thought that you were running with, that's an awesome idea. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about how you were talking about there's uh, a system. Like, you know, for instance, you go to Jubilee Beach, you go to Bombay Temple, they, have a si they used to have a system where they built the life members. You know, life member comes in and registers and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Because they're, you know, that's for Indians. They already know Krishna and yeah. like that. But for Westerners, I was thinking about our Western situation with temples where it's usually more spontaneous thing. You have a Sunday feast and just a devotee is enthusiastic. They're going to see someone. He's new. They're going to approach him. They're going to be just like, a, you know, maybe they're sanctified the way they used to just approaching a stranger saying, hi. Yeah. You know? But I was thinking about systematic ways. And what they're, like one thing Vaishesh Guru is doing now with book distribution is he's doing these whole presentations. I mean, he does, he, he's very managerial, like he's read Stephen Covey and all these other books on nonviolent communication and a lot of material knowledge and how to use that in Christian service mm -hmm. to help with this, you know, organization of a uh, voluntary service of this kind. So I was thinking about that. That'd be an awesome, once again, Krishna. We, I was talking with the But it applies to Krishna, the emotional service, it is awesome. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> Talking with a devotee about that yesterday, that Krishna is the sum of awesomeness, sum of yeah. awe. Um, so, <coughs> developing like a seminar for that we can put together for temples on how to get people involved. I mean, they're doing it with congregation, mm -hmm. they're doing it with other systems, but in just like talking to people about how to preach to them about Christian consciousness. What are some things not to say? And what are some yeah. things not to argue with? You know, the general. And, and what's the what's the goal when somebody comes here? Yeah. We want them to feel like, wow, I've just found a place where I can belong. I, I like these people. They're warm and friendly. You know, they made me feel like I was part of their family. That's something Radha Swami said in a lecture in Alachua. He said that people will join our movement when they, he was reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita. It was a verse that was basically showing the mood of the Panchatattva and the mood of the Vaishnava assembly, the loving relationship between devotees. Yeah. He said, everyone actually just wants to be part of a loving family. Right. And when so, they see this spiritual family, that's they, just it. It. they have to observe it. it first. Which means we have to be it. do it and be it. <laughs> you see? If there's always this friction you know, if one devotee gets up next to another one, and the devotee goes, <laughs> So, I respect that guy over there, but not her. You know, it's just, we just have to, we have to get over ourselves sometimes, you know. We're, it's just like, <coughs> If you're if you're uh, trying to aim a gun at a target, and at the same time you're trying to argue with somebody, you're not going to hit the target. You've got to focus on what you're doing. You see, uh, my son is uh, he, he likes uh, he and all he grew up in, in Kalachanji Dam in Dallas, and all of the boys there seem to well, most of the boys they got into uh, guns. They really are into guns. They know every statistic on every gun and, and uh, they just of course they were never hunters but they were into it and so uh, myself and the other fathers we would take them out and shooting and 
they're into something, so maybe they'll come in handy someday. But, um, <laughs> you know, it could. It has before. So, um, anyway, he, he likes long distance shooting, you know, shooting many, you know, several hundred yards. And he was telling me, uh, that he said, this is like devotional service. And I said, oh yeah? Okay, how's that? He said, you know, when you're shooting long distance, you've got to be really on the mark. If, you're shoot, if you have a short range goal or short range target, Let's say the bullseye is this big, all right, and if you hit in the lower part of the bullseye, that's still a bullseye. At 50 yards, that's a bullseye. You know, maybe at 100 yards, it's still somewhere in the, in the, in the, in the bullseye, maybe towards the extreme. At 300 yards, you missed the whole target by seven feet, eight feet. You, you weren't even close. So we are working on long-term goals. We, we've got to hit the mark. You know, we can't say, "Well, that was in the goal. That's close enough." Because if you if you do like that over the long haul, you're not even going to get close to the target. So, it for us, a bullseye doesn't mean, "Well, I did it okay." No, a bullseye's got to be right in the crossbar. Right. Perfectly in the middle. That's what we want. So that way, we'll hit our short-term and our long-term goal. Our long-term goal: go back to Godhead in this lifetime. You see, that's what we want. So to do that, we have to be very serious about what we're doing. You know, we we can't lose sight of that. We have to focus like that. And we all do. And then we all sometimes get a little. Distracted. That's common. That's common. So we just have to work and remind ourselves. No, let's tighten it up. Let's focus. You can always. Uh, I always tell myself, you know, look, you can do better. I've said this before. I can talk to me in such a way, and you can talk to yourself in such a way that you can't talk to anybody else. You can chastise yourself in such a way that you couldn't get away with. You know, if you chastise, if I chastise Mama Dweep the way I chastise myself, he'd punch me in the nose. Or, you know, he would maybe wouldn't be my friend. That'd be after class. After class. But, you know, don't let yourself, don't make excuses for yourself. You can tell yourself, look, that wasn't good, and you know it. That was misbehaving, and you know it. You see, don't let yourself get away. You know, <clears throat> do some service and not do it first class. Don't let yourself do it. Be be a disciplinarian to yourself. Push yourself around a little bit if you have to. You know, get tough. You see, you can do that with yourself. So we should we should tell ourselves. You know that we should. You can tell yourself, look, you need to shape up. I'm not happy with this. It's just not working. <laughs> so, all right, are there any, any more questions or comments? <coughs> Criticisms? Chastisements? Yes. On that last point about telling ourselves that we should shape up, that generally works if we're pretty conscious. I mean, if we're pretty, like you said, you said to me before that when we were talking about if we were to observe our habits, you know, and, and if we can observe ourselves, then we can observe our habits. But generally the case is other people can observe us, then we can observe ourselves. Like we don't, we're unconscious going around and do things. And it's like, you know, until we we're the, develop last one, we're the last one to see, oh, wow. Yeah. But until we develop that conscious, and we should work towards, we notice when we're doing, we're, we're, we're quick to notice when we think we do something very well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Boy, I did that. That was good. <laughs> oh, man, I hurt my arm. How'd you hurt your arm? Pat myself on the back. <laughs> I did so many wonderful things yesterday. I pat myself on the back all day. You see? So we're quick to do that. We're expert at that. 
So we need to be equally expert, even more expert, at finding out when, when you, you can tell yourself. Now, the New Agers will say, self-esteem, and da 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 ah, come on, grow up. If you're not up to the mark, you're not up to the mark. You can say that with yourself. What? You can do better. That was not good. You know, that was, that was, you misbehaved. You should not have said that that way. You, you owe that person an apology. You see. Or whatever, whatever. If you perform some service, and, and if it's not 100%, don't give your credit yourself, your, uh, yourself credit for doing it 100%. You know, if you do something 90%, don't think, well, I did it 90%, that's pretty good. Just say, look, you know, there was only nine-tenths of, of what you should have done. So, not that you get down into, oh, I'm so unfortunate, and I'm so not, I'm so unworthy, and, you know, not that you wallow in that. Pull yourself up. You know that you can do better. You know, look in the mirror and say to yourself, you know that you can do better. Off you go, do better, be a good devotee, you know. <clears throat> Give yourself a kudo once in a while, maybe, but but don't let yourself don't let yourself slide. Have respect for yourself. That's respect, self-respect. Self-respect doesn't mean I just go around pointing out that my my when I think I do something uh, well, self-respect is when I tell myself when I'm missing the mark. And I'm raising the bar for myself. That's true self-respect. So, self-disrespect <clears throat> is to do the opposite. If you let yourself slide, then look at the door you're opening up. If I let myself slide, and you notice, or someone else may notice, that that was a little bit subpar for me, and that's the truth. But now I've already embraced, to me, the apparent truth is I did a good job. But others can say, no, for you, that was subpar. And if you were to say something like that, now there's conflict. What's that called? I am in Maya. I am in illusion. I'm not seeing reality. I mean, have any of us ever seen anybody that doesn't see reality? When the group does, have you ever seen anybody like that? Have you ever seen the guy, you know, some guys are on the street corner and are like, oh, you know, doing something crazy or some people who do crazy things that stand out like the proverbial sore thumb, right? And everybody else looks at each other like, no. but that person thinks, no, I'm okay. You see, we don't want to be like that. You know, we, we, we might be able to trick ourselves and think, well, they're all nuts. I'm the, I'm the only one that's sane. The rest of them are just picking on me or whatever, you see. That's because I did something subpar and I embraced it as if it was first class. And now I'm owning it. That I, and you and you and you and, and you and you, are, you're all picking on me. You're out to get me somehow. The whole community's turned against me. You see what I mean? That's not likely. If you're hitting the mark, doing your best, it's just, it doesn't fit into logic. Why would the whole community turn on you if you're doing your best? Truly. It, it's just, you see what I mean? It doesn't make sense. So to the world, to, to uh, those other than ourselves, when we behave like that, we look like we're temporarily insane, at least temporarily. The brain's not working right, you see. So we should, we should heed the, the words of, of our God brothers and God sisters, you see. We should be very interested. We want to truly, really hit the mark, hit our potential, not just in our mind. You know, what is that? I'm a, I'm a legend in my own mind, you know. We don't want to be like that. 
We want reality. We want reality distinguished from illusion for our benefit and the benefit of all. We, we want it. We want to embrace reality. Reality is so much sweeter than fiction, the fiction that we create in our minds for ourselves. You see? That's what uh, maturely afflicted people do, is they create a vision of themselves. And, they, and then they try to portray that into everybody. I've got this vision of me, you know, with my quaff and my, you know, all of my stuff about me my statements that I'm making was about me. And I want you to see me the way I'm seeing me, which normally does not happen. Only when you look in the mirror, or you're passing the storefront, there's a reflection, you know, you look, oh, there I am, you handsome guy, you know. The rest of the world said, that guy could use a, lose a few pounds. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, hey, look at you. Uh -oh. I'm an illusion. You know, I'm out there. So um, we don't want to live like that. Let's let's embrace the truth. Well, Krishna is the supreme absolute truth. We want the truth. Uh, that means the truth about us. Yes, brother. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> that um, just like the supreme, you know. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. That there's he has all these other personalities with names that are unlimited. Um, I think part and parcel we do too. That we have a supreme personality. And we can slide down into yeah, that's a good point. weird personality. What is our supreme personality? You know, because we're part and parcel. Eternal servant of Krishna. That's our supreme personality. That's our eternal transcendental person. That's our real personality. Anything other than that, we're just an illusion. If we think we're anything else, that's the illusion. Sometimes it's hard to, to find our supreme personality, and it seems to be um, random. Yeah, we get distracted and, and so many other things. So, All right, we should probably wrap it up. So thank you all so much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Yes.